0: Welcome to the Converge Challenge podcast. I'm Colin Gray, and this time around, we're gonna find out what it takes to deliver a great investor pitch. Our four entrepreneurs have made it to the big final now. The last hurdle is to get in front of a team of judges and sell their idea. Not over 60 seconds this time either, but 10 minutes. And that's followed by plenty of time for questions. So we're gonna delve into how to prepare, how to calm the nerves, what they learned from the judge's feedback and how it felt to win the competition. By the end of this episode, you'll be all set to deliver your own for the Converge Challenge or otherwise. And hopefully you'll feel a lot more calm about it. So let's start with the prep, this time for a full scale pitch. Was it really different from the 60 second snippet that came before?
1: It's a good question. I think. With the minute pitch, it's almost harder to prepare because you've, you've got 60 seconds and you've got the whole of your business to convey in just that amount of time. So I think that's harder, but I think preparing for the 10 minute pitch, there was obviously much more at stake because by that point you're in the final and you know that like winning is in touching distance. So there's that much added pressure, I think, to get that right.
2: I think it was one of these things of just going away and thinking, right, what do these people actually want to hear about? Um, And certainly we'd been doing quite a lot of pitches at that point, but more to uh, potential customers as we prepared to spin out the business. So we had a a bit of a war chest of material, but it was probably more slightly technically focused Um, and that had to be adapted slightly at least to bring out the more commercial elements throughout the pitch.
3: I've done enough presentations now to know that you probably have to sit down and think about the points that you want to get across uh, and how to structure your presentation, whether it's with or without slides, so that it, it flows naturally. And there are different techniques you can use to try and make sure that the person who's listening doesn't switch off immediately
1: first lead with a problem again then you describe your solution then you go into you know your users your customers you can explain everything in much more detail
3: you want to grab their attention at the very beginning so that they go right this is worth listening to the people that you're pitching to tend to be also very busy uh, and unless you can grab their attention you'll struggle to maintain their um, interest in your idea
0: so of course it's different But it's really interesting that Suzanne mentioned that structure there. That's lead with the problem, describe your solution, outline your market, your customers, and how you're going to reach them. Now, that doesn't change much no matter what length your pitch is. The components are the same. It's just down to the detail you can go into. And in a longer pitch, you'll often add justifications, credibility, trust. I mean, that comes down to stats and stories. Stats that show you've done your research and stories that show where it's worked already, or how it might work in future. So through a combination of those two, they can start to trust your idea and how successful it could be. But that's a lot of detail to remember. Here's Rebecca and how she manages to go through it all.
1: Yeah, I think I never want to know what I'm saying word for word because I'll be too bothered that I will forget what I want to say. So I think in my slides, it just really helps to have the key points on there and be able to talk widely around that
0: Well, that's how Rebecca prepared her own content. But what about the second bit? The one that's even more terrifying to most potential pitchers.
1: And then it comes to the questions part of it. The judges always have a habit for knowing exactly the weak part of your business and the part that you want to talk about the least. And obviously you want to tell them all the good things and use that time to tell them how exciting your product is or how fast the market is growing. And that's what you want to concentrate on. But they do bring it back to... What's the weak parts? and, And actually that's really good because even though you don't want to talk about it, that's probably the part of the business that you should be spending the most time on.
0: But there is one solution to the nerves and it's something we chatted about on a previous episode around how important it is to speak to real people in your market.
2: By the time the Converse Challenge final came around was we'd been out talking to customers. So we had had a number of engagements with people who were really drilling into the tech, really drilling into what the business would do you know, I think that stress testing maybe Mm. came out when we talked to the judges, a lot of the questions they had about how you're going to grow the business, you know, what do you need to think about in terms of delivery, all of these questions, we'd kind of explored with the industry already and maybe it just meant we had those answers to hand or at least they might not have been the right answers but the answers we were going to explore. Don't be afraid to pick up the phone
3: and, and speak to people. You very much have to be proactive and I still suffer from not being proactive enough today but I'm better than I was. Uh, You have to be if you want your company to survive.
0: Of course, often the Q&A at the end is a chance to cover the gaps. You know, add some real detail, some colour that doesn't quite fit into a formal presentation or maybe the time you have for it.
2: Actually, in some ways, the, the questions towards the end where we got to have a bit of a conversation were pretty good, you know, in terms of just chatting through some of the points that, you know, maybe don't make clear during the pitch or something that someone twigs onto that they want to explore in more detail but actually just being able to drill into that and have a conversation about it I personally find pretty good because um, it, it often revealed questions that potential customers might have potential investors might have at a future date
0: I'd say that's a great attitude for any pitch for any presentation it can help calm the nerves a bit even if you do get some awkward questions you know it teaches you something you learn from it that means that next time you'll be even better prepared.
2: And it's you know, it's a good environment now to a degree it's competition, but it's a friendly environment where you can explore that stuff. And it's not the end of the world if you get it massively wrong.
0: There's another way you'll be better prepared too, and that's in growing the business. I mean, remember that the judges aren't there to tear you down. You rarely find that at any pitch. At almost any of them, the people in front of you want you to do well and are there because they want to help. So what advice did the Converge judges have for our own four?
1: One of the areas that they honed in on, which was one of the weaker points that I really didn't want to talk about, was that I wasn't focused enough on my target markets. I had two different markets with very different needs, very different... Uh, routes to get to market and I was so invested in both of them but actually in doing that as a startup I was splitting my already small pool of resources so I wasn't going to target either of them very well and that was what they, they brought to light there and since then I've, I've made the decision to focus on just one target market and I wish I'd made that decision a long time ago because we have been a lot more focused and made a lot more progress since since doing that.
2: I think generally what came out of it as advice was, if you can, simplify it. Keep it simple. Um, certainly, when the judges uh, read our business plan, they were, to be kind, <laughs> parts they didn't understand. <laughs> 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 to be unkind, they didn't find it terribly clear. Um, you know, I think that was a fair criticism. Um, generally, the feedback, which probably came after the pitches, was like, You explain it well when you actually pitch in front of people. Um, Try and communicate that through your plan if you can. You, You will have to do written documents. You will have to do written pitches if you can. Try and simplify the message. But I think over time, as you go and talk to more people, you start to understand what the commonalities are between different customers, different stakeholders. And as you go through that, you just start to hone in on exactly where you fit as a business, exactly what you're offering, exactly what the benefit might be to the customer. And over time, you refine it.
3: Yeah, I had some excellent feedback from one of the judges, really encouraging me that, you know, we had a really good idea. When we did the pitch, Derek and I, so the, the lead academic and myself, pitched together and they felt that my strength within the pitch, could I could have stood up and made a stronger pitch myself since I'm going to be leading the company and taking it forward.
0: So all good things, really from, you know, that really practical, actionable advice on markets to simple validation and encouragement. I mean, that's no small thing when you're neck deep in it all and progress feels non-existent. The other thing I wondered about was whether all that speaking practice had helped them elsewhere. It turned out that Rebecca had used it really recently.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, last week I was on Radio Scotland, so that was a um, really good practice to feed into that to be able to to simply get my points across um, and to just speak really comfortably on, on the subject that I'm talking about. So I think it comes into practice, whether it is something like radio or if it's just trying to get investors on board or if it's talking to customers, like it's such a great skill that we, we have to use it every day.
0: It's all practice. You never know when that little three minute segment or that particular way of relating your problem might come in handy. And if that practice actually leads to the top result, well, even better. What does it feel like to walk away with a prize? Shocking.
2: <laughs> no, it, it, it was really surprising. I mean, um, I got to know various finalists, obviously, having gone through the training program with them and then seeing who was just in the room the, on the day. And they were all great companies. Um, a number of them have gone on to be great companies. And I don't, you know, personally, I didn't expect to win it at all. I think it was a big surprise. I was delighted that... I guess on, at the time at the awards, too, it was just a massive shock. Afterwards, it just helped, I guess, validate what we've been doing um, and give us a bit of confidence. You know Because you had a, an expert panel of, of business people who had been there and done it. They've uh, seen companies like this come and go. And if they're turning around to say, well, yeah, actually, you're onto something here, it just gives you that little shot in the arm that you need. And so that was a year or so, just shy to a year before we uh, spun out the company and I think that was really just a, a massive push to say right okay we're, we're doing this now, we just need to find a way to get this company off the ground and then we'll, um, we'll go from there.
1: It was incredible, I mean I remember when I was in the Converge Kickstart the year before being at the awards dinner and you see these incredible business videos and they tell you all about the finalists. And I remember thinking like wow how advanced their businesses are and how amazing their solutions looked and then to look a year afterwards thinking oh, I'm one of the videos on there and let alone not just to be part of the finalist, finalists but to actually be a winner it was just a, a, an incredible moment I think looking back at how far I'd come in the year it was just a real just a really great time to to just enjoy wh- where I'd got to in the business
3: fantastic Fantastic news! It really gave us the it really gave us the enthusiasm to go. Well, we're onto something here um, because we 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 pitched again as part of 50 other companies. All right, okay, we've come to the top three. There must be something that we're doing right, or there must be an idea in what we've brought together in this business plan that they like. Uh, and if they like it, um, others will like it. Um, let's see if we can go and find customers that would like this idea.
0: And remember, even if you don't make it there first time around, don't give up. Use it to learn, to refine and come back stronger the next year.
1: In 2015, we were shortlisted for the Kickstarter award, but then we did not win anything in that category. And 2016, when we re-entered, we then won the challenge.
0: But if you do win, what does that mean for the business?
1: It was huge. I mean, that kind of cash for, for where we were at the stage of the business was transformational. And I think the sort of added value that we got from it as well is that kind of credibility factor in being able to say, you know, I was one of the top three winners of the Converge Challenge. Even people that have never even heard of the Converge Challenge, it, it just adds that layer that other people think you're good. So so you must be. And it plants that seed in their head that you're, you're, you're worth them spending their time and helping you. Definitely a lot of benefits to to be a winner.
0: For some, it was a real tipping point, a moment in time where things could have gone either way. It was a nudge, you know, a prod that knocked down that final barrier, taking an idea from the lab and releasing it into the market.
3: Yeah, I think if we if we if we hadn't come in the top ten, uh, we probably would have had to have had a, a long conversation about why we didn't come higher or whether we, that idea should just be put to the side and let's go and do some more research. I don't know, because we never had those conversations, uh, because we didn't need to, because we were very much along the, the thought process of, yeah, this is really exciting, this is this is this this could go places, let's go and start knocking on some doors.
0: Time for you to start knocking. And always remember, if you need a bit of help with your idea, feel free to start with the Converge Challenges door, or maybe the website, at least to begin with over to convergechallenge.com and find out how you can speak to the team about your business or how to apply for the next challenge. Don't worry though, we have more for you here too. On the next episode, we'll be delving right into what the companies did with the cash prize and the support after the challenge. What did they learn once the real work began? Thanks for listening to the show. If you've enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you get future episodes automatically. Just search Converge Challenge on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And if you really enjoyed it, I'd really appreciate a review in the same place. Statistics show that people who review podcasts get asked much easier questions and pitches. Honest. This show was created by thepodcasthost.com for the Converge Challenge. Many thanks to our four entrepreneurs who provided the advice and the stories on this episode. You heard Adam Brown, Chris Layburn, Susanna Michk and Rebecca. And the show was narrated by me, Colton Gray. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you on the next one.